1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: Hi, welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Tony Evans of The Evening Standard and Jonathan Northcroft of The Sunday Times a confession. Arsenal remind me of a clown's car. Looks nice, handles well, goes through the gears, and then, bang, the doors fall off. Happened a bit earlier this year, hasn't it, Tony?
1: I just started to believe that's the worst thing. Um, They they come back from... uh, and scored late goals in games, they've salvaged games, they've won games, there's a bit of a fight about them, you know, I spoke to uh, uh, Hector Bellerin and he said, you know, we're we're not a pushover this year and, you know, we've we've got a bit more about us, and then this happens, you know what, when they're like this, I can't watch them, I sit in the press box and I bang my head against the table, (laughs) I'm no Arsenal fan, but you can see all the components are there, accept a certain moral fortitude at times of crisis. Mm.
2: That fatal flaw, Mm. it's not being cured because it's just there consistently. And that makes you think it must come from the manager. There Mm. must be
0: something there that there's not enough consequence for losing for those guys. They do have some characters, Tony said they've had comebacks this season, maybe they're even slightly better in that respect than last year but they still have this problem that when they really are in the winning position you know not not when it's against a smaller club or or when that's the second leg of a champions league game that they've you know they've lost the first leg and they, they're valiant in the second When it really counts last season that you know they were in the driving seat for the, the the title race fell apart after their selfies after beating Leicester again this season they get themselves top of the league 1-0 up in two games and lose it 2-1. And there is something missing there. But I also think they're missing a little bit of quality in, in midfield as well. If there's a technical reason, I think Cazorla is so much mm. better than anything else they've got in central midfield. And they struggle without him too.
1: When Cazorla and Xhaka are in there, they look very, very yeah. good. Uh, you know, with Awobi and Walcott running the channels. Mm. And um, uh, Cazorla does a big drop-off yeah. when he's missing. Definitely
2: mm, yeah, I, I remember watching social media yesterday and someone made the point that if Arsenal... And have got kante oh, instead of chelsea they'd have walked the league
0: absolutely the, the exact player that they need a guy that could just give mesut ozil all the license that that he wants wouldn't have to ever track back in his life because kante would be doing all the work for him you know, you know french french speaking player um the, the, the kind of player that arsenal used to sign all the time under wenger he was available there was a get out clause and they didn't get him and their recruitment hasn't been good enough Mm-hmm. But but
1: also, I think if they would have got Verdi, it would have made a huge difference yeah. to them. People say he wouldn't suit their style, but you know he's got a bit of the devil about him. He's you know he would have held people accountable in that dressing room. And you, mm-hmm. one of the problems you see you see Ozil on the pitch, and you see that uh, you know one of his teammates plays a bad ball. he's yeah. just
0: that's it, when it body goes, language. Yeah, when it goes against them, the, the intensity drops in far too many players, mm-hmm. and and it would never drop in Cante or Verdi, and
2: that's that's the point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Are we in the stage also where you know we talk? everyone talks about contracts in football it's getting a bit like formula one now isn't it you know that Mm. it's all about money does that corrode team spirit and are we seeing that at Arsenal with you know there's a lot of talk about Ozil's money about Sanchez's money now I would say Sanchez is worth more than than Ozil on current form
0: I would agree. It's a test because Wenger's got this socialist model, has not he, of wages where nobody earns too much. And so, if anything's going to be tested by some guy wanting 400 grand a week, it's it's that particular model. And and certainly also hasn't responded very well to to this period at all. I mean, he didn't advertise the need for 300 grand a week with this performance.
1: I, I'd say it's less a socialist model than the refusal to play the pay the going rate. You know, and it's um, and I'm, I'm sure uh, Arsenal doesn't skimp on his own salary, he doesn't, does he? you know. <laughs> so it's um, it, it's one of those things. I mean, Arsenal have traditionally not paid people what they should be paying them, and they've lost players, you know. They're, they're, yeah. You know, it's uh Wenger can joke about True. Manchester City being one of our best customers, but you know, it's it, the joke rang a little bit hollow when um, when you see City beat them.
2: Mm, then they've got West Bromwich Albion next, mm. is that another potential? Um, disaster area for
0: them it is you know what West Brom are gonna bring they're gonna bring set pieces they're gonna bring physical uh, intensity into the game um, and they're gonna they're gonna test Arsenal's metal. Uh, and it's not come at a very good time for Arsenal but you know it's a home game It's a home game so that that would that would sort of be in Arsenal's favour and um, I'd suggest they have to win, otherwise they really are mm. out of the title race at this early stage. So
2: do we agree with Steve Reynolds, who says, Arsenal are one-hit wonders, their second 45 is rubbish.
1: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yes. Good line. But, uh, uh, what I'd say is that if Arsenal can get back on track quickly, they've got a very good January Um, they uh, they play Chelsea on the 2nd of February but between that they've got a bunch of winnable games and Chelsea have got some difficult Difficult matches in that time. Yeah. Uh, well, every everyone else in the top four has. So I think they, they could get back on track. That's
0: mm-hmm. true. And they re- the reason they always finish in the top four, they remain the best team in the league at putting away mm-hmm. the so-called lesser opposition. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, flat-track bullies, perhaps. The, the, the kind mm-hmm. of cricketer that would average 400 against <laughs> Bangladesh and
2: wouldn't be Like an to... Indian cricketer against England it, at the moment, makes, yeah? That kind of cricketer, <laughs> exactly. You know, you
0: don't want to see them against South Africa away and see how they do. But that's Arsenal a little bit. Yeah. Did Manchester City...
2: Get out of jail with that win over Arsenal.
1: A, a little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you looked at how crushingly bad the defending was in the first mm. half, and you think, yeah. all Arsenal are going to do is do the same. you know, come onto yeah. them and attack them and walk through the middle essentially. But the lack of, well, walking was where Arsenal yeah. did in that second half. The lack of intensity from that team was just
0: staggering and then nothing done from the bench to sort it out you know no, no change no no substitution no, no sort of dynamism coming from the bench I mean it was as if nobody had ever sort of you know raised the intensity level against Arsenal before
1: yeah you know there's, what's interesting when, when sort of the breaks in play and you watch Arsenal and someone gets injured if they're behind they all just stand there all the Arsenal players you know just on their own you know Tony Adams would have had them all in hey come on mm-hmm. you know that there's no one doing that and while Sanchez has got that Dynamism and intensity mm. about him, there's, there's very few others in that team who do it. Yeah.
0: The shame is, in, in this season of all years, I, w- I was thinking it would be so lovely for Wenger to win because mm. we've all got, you know, romanticised these fancy new managers. And for him to do it, sticking to his beliefs would be, would be such a great story, but it's not going to happen.
1: Well, you know, I mean, he needs to stick less to his beliefs and get a bit more pragmatic, mm. both in the wages area and mm. on the field.
2: Phil Meck says that, that Chelsea have got the right psychology. The right manager they build from the back hard to defeat can't really argue with that can you? No nah, they're good in all areas great coach uh,
0: proper mentality about them uh, and, a, and a system you know we talk about systems and philosophy something that suits the strengths of the players to me that's the ultimate it, mm. it, it's Every manager's got a duty to tailor what they what they want to actually what they've they've got, and Conte has done that perfectly. Uh, they look they look incredibly strong at the moment, and the
2: the worry would only be if if a Diego Costa or a Conte got injured. I think. See, I, th- I find it puzzling. Louis Theodosi is saying that Kante is one-dimensional.
1: <laughs> you know what? Good enough for me. <laughs> do you, do you know what? I've heard this over the years <laughs> where people like um, goal scorers and say, "Oh, he doesn't score goals." And you know, and I tell you what, if Kante's one-dimensional, right. I'll have that dimension. Yeah.
0: Well, so the, the, this guy who's had the most tackles and most interceptions in Europe for two seasons, who's now transformed himself into a passing player, who's, who's got some of the best passing figures in the league, best touches in the league. Um, I find that extraordinary. One of the most intelligent footballers you'll ever see in terms of the spaces he covers and where he mm. always has to be. I mean, he's, he's so much to Canty's
2: game. Dan Rumans asked how many injuries will it take for Chelsea to have a wobble?
1: Well, I, I think that there's even more than injuries for them to have a wobble. wobble. Someone surely has got to exploit that five-at-the-back system they've got with the two wing-backs. Someone's got to get behind Victor Moses and Marcus Alonso, you know, and, and run at the centre earths. It's got to happen mm. at some point.
0: I think we saw a glimpse of Manchester City doing that before Chelsea mm. kind of counterattacked them to death. But there was, there was there was a period when they went to the Etihad that that system looked a little bit vulnerable. Yeah. Um, it's just how many teams are gonna how many teams are gonna be able to, to do it, but not be counterattacked by Chelsea because mm. they're so good at hitting you on the break
2: themselves. Yeah. Mm. With City. They're a work in progress, that's obvious. How long will it be realistically mm-hmm. before we can say, yes, that is a Pep Guardiola team? I think it's a summer transfer window. I
0: mean I, I know that when he when he came to, to City he met the executives and he talked about ten signings. Now he's only made five, you know, even my maths mm-hmm. tells you that he's <laughs> only halfway there in terms of mm-hmm. signings. I think there's he's obviously had to learn a lot about English football this year. I I hate the fact people sneer at him for doing so. I like the fact that he is learning and taking things on board. But it's not until he he, he does more work on that squad, replaces some ageing players, uh, gets rid of some that just aren't good enough, you know, to Mendes and so on, and then, you know, gets a clear approach next season. I think we'll we'll, we'll judge
1: him then. I I think it's a longer period than that. I think you're going to need two summer transfer windows because you're going to get players. And he's going to, I mean, in the five players he brought in, not all of them awake and the five foot if he brings another five in the summer not all of them will be good enough yeah. i think i think it's going to be a a progression is there a wider problem here because because the premier league has
2: got all the money mm. the recruitment which is the key area which is actually underplayed outside the game mm. Basically, it just leads to lazy recruitment. It's just, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll bang 60 million at, at, at that problem.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And look,
0: at that. That. and look at City, Mangala, 40 million, you know, <laughs> Otamendi, 35, 36 million. Mm. I mean, you know, in, in, in business, you'd, you, you'd, you'd close a company like that down
1: for that kind yeah, of spending. And it and doesn't matter to them. Th- th- no? The thing is, you know, you, you look, you wonder whether they watch them enough, oh. and two, whether they took account of the personalities, yeah. you know, when they're under pressure, when things go wrong. And certainly... Recruitment has has been an issue. You know, we've seen the rise of the stats guru, um, who tells you how good a player is by his stats. Mm. Um, I think that's only half the story. I think football's not mathematics, it's poetry. Poetry has maths because it's got a metre, but you've got to be able to interpret it and understand it. And just the, the, the raw stats, which a lot of people have fallen back on, even at the high level of the Premier League, are not enough to tell you this is a player.
2: Is that one of the underrated lessons of Leicester now, you've literally written Absolutely. a book on them, John. Yeah. Um, their recruitment, okay, Steve Walsh is now gone and he's at, he's at Everton. Um, that was key, wasn't it? They're going out it, and getting their little gems. It was. A um,
0: couple of things about their recruitment. Character was always very important. The due diligence on the types of players were bringing in. Mm. They also recruited specifically to their system, to how they wanted to play, to what they already had. Um, so you saw a very well fitted together team. They they did use stats to a certain extent, but then they also fell back on not just Steve Walsh but David Mills, a very sort mm. of you know old uh, knowledgeable football men, So it was a nice sort of balanced approach. And then it wasn't just finding the the gems like the Maraces and the Cantes, but there were some really almost obvious signings that anyone could have made, but they were the ones that made them. Robert Hooth picking him up mm. on a, on a first on loan and then for three million quid, mm. a great signing. Danny Simpson, you know, who'd have thought Danny Simpson would be an English champion? Uh, or Mark Albrighton. But these were, these Probably are not
2: Danny Simpson, actually. Probably
0: not Danny Simpson, or, you know, <laughs> even his dad. But, but you know, these, these were players that actually did prove good enough. So it's those ones and not just the Cantes and the managers. So if the, the
2: lesson is cherish what you've got, um, we've got uh, Martin Malone saying Arsenal need Wilshire to behave and come back a better player. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, um, wouldn't do it for me, and I don't think it would do it for Arsenal. I. But um,
2: his point is that Arsenal—he will bring discipline to Arsenal.
1: Um, I, well, he never did before, so I don't see why I do it now. Um, uh, Wilshire clearly has talent, but didn't influence mm. enough games for me. And like many people in their Arsenal midfield, you look at them and you go, "Yeah, you can see they've got talent," but you know what? 10 games 10 more games win them uh, I think Wilshire is a bomb for a reason and I don't see him coming back in the f- foreseeable future and I don't think he's the key to Arsenal winning the league
2: mm. yeah I- Ian Curley makes the point that you know, the likes of both Manchester clubs and Chelsea Have... to use his phrase yeah. bought the league is that fair to a certain extent, um, but
0: then that's you know, probably to a certain extent that 's how football's always been. I think it's, I think the teams that win the league still have proper values about them and good coaching and well set together teams I mean I, I thought Roberto mancini 's um, Man- Manchester City team were, were fabulous in terms of their spirit, how they played for each other. Simple Italian blueprint fitted in really well so it 's how you use money it 's not just having money and of course you know, Alex Ferguson spent a lot of money at Manchester united mm-hmm. but he couldn't say he was a bad coach. Mm. And Mourinho at Chelsea as well in, in the day. So money helps, but it isn't everything. And there's enough examples of people with lots of money who use it ridiculously badly mm. to tell us that it's, it, it's a cocktail
2: of things. Yeah, you hear the whispers that Roberto Mancini wants to come back to England. Will their jobs be available? Now, the obvious one is Crystal Palace, Tony. They play Watford mm. on Boxing Day. They lose that. Even if he's there, then Alan Pardew is toast, isn't he?
1: Yeah, Pardew has not got many more defeats in him at all. You know, he's he's had an awful year. Uh, They started off uh, on the the first of January, fifth in the Premier League, and it's just it's all gone to pot. It's a mess. The FA Cup run saved them for a long while, but you, you would think. That the axe will fall pretty sharpish there, um, but I, I don't think Mancini would be the place to go to for a job no. like that. I think um, I think the big Sam sweeps will start pretty quickly, <laughs> yeah. and anyone in the relegation zone will start thinking: should we? Should we? Push the button now and get Alize. Well,
2: he's the modern version of uh, Tony Pulis, isn't he? Mm, you know, yeah. you, you want a, you've got the fire engine. He's usually the the guy yeah. at the back with the with a big red helmet oh. on. Yeah, this is
0: this is what he does. It should be on the side of his van, yeah. shouldn't it? You know, <laughs> this situation that Palace are in, and I think there's there's obvious reasons why he's a hot hot favourite for that job. I, I like Alan Pardew, but like Tony, I, I think he's. He's teetering right on the brink, and, and if he loses that one, he's. Gone. Sam's
1: card says available for speaking engagements in the Far East <laughs> yeah. and firefighting. Key, and speaking course.
2: and firefighting, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, in that same vein, you've got Swansea. Um, is Bob Bradley similarly vulnerable if uh, they lose at home to West Ham? He is vulnerable because they've got a a a
0: trigger happy culture there now they've switched cultures from continuity to to very very sort of short-term thinking in that boardroom and there's this sort of newish um american input into the ownership that that that, you know they haven't put their money in in order to drop out of the premier league so i feel for bob bradley because i think he's been dealt a really difficult hand to play um I, i think he's shown a lot of fortitude so far but he hasn't he's not quite affecting things enough it's not his fault but he's not performing the rescue act so far and they won't wait at Swansea yeah
1: mm. but for for Bradley to have an effect there he probably needs to be there six yeah. eight months yeah and he's not the type of immediate impact manager um, and he unfortunately might not get that time and, and I think it really reflects badly mm. on Swansea there yeah.
0: there's a really good manager in the championship called Gary Monk that they could go for oh, that's a good point isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
2: Martin Rogerson uh, takes us to this ask a little bit he says, remember you all going on about Chelsea well Liverpool beat them and Arsenal Klopp gets the best out of his players so there's no need to spend millions well, they well, spent a lot of money.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Liverpool mm. not spent money. For, um, it's not the Liverpool I know then. Um, Klopp gets the best out of his place. Klopp's done a magnificent yes. job. He's done far better than I imagined he would this season. But we're running halfway through the season. And the Liverpool fans have been crowing about the defensive performance. say, so We haven't got problems in defence. Well, you know what? They have. The defence is not good enough. You know, you've had at times James Milner and Lucas playing in a back four. Now they're two midfielders, and if you think that's not a problem, then mm-hmm. you haven't been watching this game very long. And Klopp knows it's a problem. And what Klopp's done is got the best out of a group of players that, um, that he part inherited, and he's had a chance to, to uh, bring a couple in over the summer. Um, it's a similar situation for Conte, but Conte's the sea change in what Conte has done at Chelsea is amazing. Because when Liverpool beat them, I've never seen a manager who looked so mm. depressed. And Conte, was a firebrand, and mm. you know he's a, he was he wasn't—he was downbeat. He kept talking about finishing tenth last year, and it might happen again. And what he's done, he's gone away and he's come up with a system that's worked for him, uh, which is which is more coherent and stronger. Then Liverpool's system, you break through Liverpool's front four, and you're running a midfield and defence, which has clear holes in it. Um, and and Conti has managed to to protect his vulnerable areas better than Liverpool have at this stage.
2: There's a lesson of both those managers mm. that they're really emotionally engaged. I think fans love it when they yeah. see someone absolutely in the game, and I thought it was really significant after that win at Middlesbrough, where. Klopp took them all to the away fans, a bit like Manchester United throwing yeah, their yeah. shirts into the crowd. There is a, a cohesiveness, almost emotionally, about that team.
0: There is. I mean, we're talking about people with lots of dimensions. I actually think both of those managers have got a lot of dimensions to them. They've got the emotional connection with their supporters and both understand the clubs that they're at. Klopp's understanding of the local culture has been fantastic and, and he's made that a huge part of his management from day one. And I think Conte fits... Chelsea absolutely perfectly as well and, and knows that too. But they're both very, very good coaches. The pair of them are out coaching everyone at the moment. Yeah. With the way they, the, the, you know, the punching above
2: weights there.
1: Significantly.
2: Yeah. Any coincidence that they've had time to do that because of mm-hmm. obviously they both, you know, Chelsea and Liverpool haven't had that European uh, commitment?
1: I, I, I it yeah makes life easier and it gives them mm. more time to work with players but i do think they both be doing well even if they were in european yeah. competition um perhaps it would uh, perhaps it wouldn't be as pronounced as it is now but i mean these these two are top class operators and you know they know how to work with the rhythm of two games a week
2: mm. if you look at the january it's it's going to be a significant time we've talked about maybe everton mm. spending a lot of money and players are going to get wake-up calls. Uh, we've got a question here uh, with regards. It's Botain talking about some of the Arsenal players not being up to Premier League standard. Now, Oxley Chamberlain's getting a mention in dispatches. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Is he is he is he actually now past the point of no
1: return for Arsenal? Well, Premier League standards. I mean, Oxley Chamberlain clearly. Could play for in the Premier League. Yeah. You know, he could play, and well, he can play in the top fourteen. We've seen it. Perhaps he isn't as effective for Arsenal as you'd like him to be, and maybe he's become a squad player rather than a first choice. Yeah. But certainly, he's 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 worth his position. And most Premier League teams have done him in there. Yeah. You know, he suffered from injuries, and I think it's a bit harsh on him. I you think
0: they, I think they've got Premier League standard players, but whether they've got top of the Premier League standard players starting players i'm not sure mm. um Ox- Ox- oxley chamberlain needs to move probably yeah, good does, talent yeah. but he probably needs to move hasn't shown enough elneny monreal mm. maybe coquelin i'm not sure even jacker what he's shown so far giroud um there's a few players at arsenal who i just put it this way if you put them on the open market I don't think any of the other teams who are trying to win the league would sign them.
1: But again, yeah. because you know, we were talking about Leicester and we were talking about Simpson, who's the thought he'd be a Premier League yeah. winner? It doesn't take you to be a superstar to win. It it takes the right balance and it takes mm, yeah. a pragmatic approach and put you in in, yeah. in the right position. And all of those players that we've talked about with Arsenal can be effective. I mean, Arsenal have got the best shape of, have had the best shape of any team I've seen this year. And you know, it's, uh, even for a while, they look as if they had a spine. Uh, if uh, if only they had some backbone. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, the, uh, and so I, I, think, I think it's really harsh. But the question should be asked, why isn't Wenger getting the right blend? And for the best part of a decade, he's been unable to get coherent midfield that works mm. in a consistent way that would go on and win titles. Mm.
2: It's an enduring question, which will probably be amplified if mm. Arsenal continue to you know, have the sort of week that they've just had. Arsene Wenger, who takes over from him? Oh gosh, <laughs> what, a, what a question
0: that is. I mean, the, the outstanding young coach at the moment in Europe is Thomas Tuchel mm. at, at Dortmund, whose, whose style of play, whose, whose ideas would, would fit in perfectly with Arsenal and give them continuity. I always thought Guardiola would take over there. I thought He was the perfect man. He was mm. perfect for them. And, and he would have gone. gone. He would have it gone, and he'd have lived in London. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is, I think Wenger's going to be here for, for quite a while. Yeah, it's his club, his decision, and it looks like he wants to stay.
1: I think that's the biggest worry for Arsenal going forward, is that no-one is thinking about the succession. Mm-hmm. There's no-one in the place who's working towards uh, taking over from Wenger. And if, if and when he goes, if he goes suddenly, like Ferguson, Arsenal will be in as big a mess as Manchester United. Yeah.
2: Right, Manchester United, how are they dealing with it then? Finally,
0: and I'm aware this is on the back of a a good month, but I've been impressed, even when they had that losing streak before the last few results, you could see things coming together. Um, I mean, by spending a ridiculous amount of money, changing managers three times, um, throwing it all up in the mix, it might have just finally landed in the right place for them. You can see a Mourinho team now emerging, which I didn't see earlier in the season. Um, Zlatan's been a great signing, Pogba with Carrick, so key to that team mm. coming back in is now starting to play well and Phil Jones being back from from injury which he could never you know, hang your hat on, but I, he's I, come back.
1: I, I would say that's a, anyone who's got any pretensions to be in the top four and to win things and have Phil Jones as a, a centre back is, 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 is dreaming a little bit. The Woody Back Beckenbauer. You know what? <laughs> he's he's okay at everything. He's not good enough in any position. He competes, he, though. He, he competes, he competes properly the competes But you know what? I'd compete. Yeah, he's not, good not, for Manchester Manchester United. not everyone does that so in yeah. the Premier League. These that's days. true. That's what true. worries
2: me about Manchester United, I'm looking at Marcus Rashford now. Yeah, long time since he scored a goal. Is he regressing before our eyes, and it's none of his fault? Uh, I'm not sure if he's regressing because that's you know
0: that suggests he's damaging himself as being damaged as a player. But he's certainly dropping off, and well, it isn't his fault. And, no, 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 and, I'm not completely sure I, of that well I don't think he's playing in the right position I think he's a number nine and he seems to have this niche for them now as we'll put him on in the left as an impact mm-hmm. sub. That's, not his, that's not his game
1: well, his mind just seems to wander, though Rashford? yeah
0: a little bit I think he's, I, 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 I don't see that I think he shows, you know and he, he shows proper willing every time he goes on mm-hmm. he, he does something, He just. he's not getting enough
2: opportunities in the right position well me. I'll tell you one thing if he was at Tottenham he'd be playing every week
1: oh without a doubt and he probably should be playing every week and he should be playing in his right position um, it, it's difficult given the, the squad Mourinho's got and um, his his famous mistrust of youth <laughs> um, and, you know, I think he, that's
2: infamous actually yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so it's uh, but I, I mean I think Rashford's still a bit away from the finished product so I have some sympathy with Mourinho there but Certainly, I'd be playing him because the one thing that will get you, yeah. get get your goals in this league is pace. One of the
0: difficulties they've had is is doing so badly in those first Europa League games because I think they were earmarked mm. for Marcus Rashford to, to play and he's had to use Latin all the time and he can't mm. keep using Latin every week.
1: Well, mm. m- one of the problems going forward, as good as Latin was, and he, you know he's, he's he is and has been, well, you know one of the, one of the greats. I think mm. we probably underrated him. Yeah. You know, he's, I think he's probably the most underrated rated player in the world if you know what i mean but he's he's his his movement isn't good enough at this stage of his career consistently and uh he doesn't sort of he doesn't clear people out in the box for the runners to come through now you get the ball into him and the strength and his power he's gonna score but you know over the course of a season he may find they have to get him out of there and put someone else in and I'll just change things around a little bit.
2: Do you think that Rashford, if he was given the chance, would have a greater impact than Zlatan?
0: No, I think Zlatan <laughs> speaks for himself. You know, he's still he's almost top scorer in the league at the moment at, at his age, and he's scored something like 150 league goals in 120 games. So you know, almost nobody in the world would have that and, sort of and presence and, and presence. You know, the 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 way as at West Brom, the way he just took on that physical challenge, you, you know, maybe crossed the line a couple of times. But that's what you get out of that leadership. That's why that's why he was signed. So it's it would be harsh to expect Marcus Rashford to come anywhere near that. But as an alternative, as as a first alternative, that's that's what mm. I make him.
2: That's why I made the point about Tottenham, is that I've always believed that if you have got a team which is built around youth, you know, mm. not willy-nilly, but actually, you know, there's real trust and respecting their talent, like there is at Tottenham, mm. through Pochettino, you've got a real chance.
1: Well, you have got a chance, but then you've got the other side of the coin that when the pressure's turns up, they don't know how to deal with it because they haven't been there before, mm. and there's a lack of leadership. Like, like Chelsea, Chelsea yeah, last season. Yeah. Well, not only Chelsea last season. We've seen the times this season. We saw it in the Champions League. We've we've seen mm. it in, in games where they've lost the focus a little bit. And uh, I, think, I think you've got... A, yeah, getting a lot of youth into a side is a brilliant thing. But I think you've got to temper it with a little bit of experience and leadership. And that is the perfect combination. And one of the problems with Pochettino is that he's not comfortable around senior players who challenge him. Uh, less comfortable than some other managers. Um, and so he prefers people who buy into his ethics and do what he wants them to do. Well, sometimes you, you n- need to say no. You know, you say, What well, boss, why are we doing mm-hmm. this? And... Because unless you've got people who can challenge you there, Mm. they won't challenge other teams on the field, they'll look. you know, when things are going wrong, they'll look to the sidelines. You don't want that.
2: Mm. And above all, they've got to keep Harry Kane fit. Yeah,
0: and and, and they should have slightly moved on from that by now, but they haven't, you know, they probably haven't recruited well enough to to find alternatives. Uh, They rely on him so much in terms of production. and another thing you get with young players is that that they, they they sort of you know they do have dips in their development. So I feel Delhi Ali's had that small mm. dip. You know he's scoring okay but he's not having the impact that he he had um, he had last season and Eric Dyer's probably been the same yeah, so yeah, yeah. Harry Kane's consistency compared to his, his peers is actually actually superb and um, and yeah he's, he's as important as he was a year ago for Spurs which as I say shouldn't really be the case because they should have fixed that by now
1: you have to feel Alley especially He needs to go back to basics mm-hmm. you know stop with the flicks mm-hmm. stop with the extravagant mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. make the runs get mm-hmm. on the ball and shoot mm. we get into
2: the Business end of the conversation. Uh, we're talking about the league, who's going to win the league? Ryan Edwards is saying, do you think that Manchester United need a couple more players before they can challenge? Yeah, well, I think yes
0: is the answer. They need they need something else at centre-back, even though I'm a Phil Jones fan when he's fit, but they probably do need something yeah, else. Buy, bye, bye, keep Buy fit yeah, as a player. Yeah. Buy as a player, but I getting young, he's gonna he's gonna come raw, and roaring, go. he's gonna yeah. make mistakes. If, if they had a, if they had a really good experience centre back, I think, mm. and, and probably need something at full back as well, because I'm mm. not, I don't think playing Darmian is, is a long term, you know, sort of title title challenging um, sort of, you know, thing to do. And they've,
1: they've got they've got one hour long Carrick can go on.
0: Well, I mean Carrick's gonna be as important, to, as difficult to replace as Roy Keane for mm. me. He's such a different player and such a you know just an important cog for them if he's we're not looking yards yeah, in the set if we're looking yeah, at yeah. casualties yeah. of mm. that regime what about Luke Shaw I think so yeah Mourinho uh is pretty much at the edge with Luke Shaw I think he's he's, he's not playing him possibly didn't fancy him to start with um He's exasperated in Luke Shaw. I don't think Luke Shaw's developed. I don't blame necessarily he, Mourinho for this. I don't he, think Luke Show's an, he's
1: another off. one who never got to grips grips with being at a big club. Yeah. And he needed he needed really careful handling. You know, at Southampton they used to watch him, you know, they'd watch his Twitter, yeah. see what time he tweeted, they check where he at, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, they banned him from eating um, uh, tomato sauce and, and all that. Basically the micromanaged him. He got to United, he was on his own yeah. to compound things, he got injured mm-hmm. and you know it's uh, I think he needs to move to yeah, go forward again. Yeah. For mm-hmm.
2: Alex Foley asks us, do we think Chelsea will continue to play as well as they are at the moment?
0: Yeah, more or less. I don't think they'll win every week like they are at the moment, but I, I, I don't see the reason for a drop-off unless there's an injury. I think it's a well-oiled machine they're not in europe so they, you know they, 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 they don't have that many games um I, I just love what they're doing and the manager's got such a good track record so why not
1: i think he's good enough that so if someone does work out this you know five at the back system the wing back system then he can adapt and come up with another tactical mm-hmm. formation which will solve many of his problems I, I i still think they're going to come up short on the ta- in the title mm-hmm. race but uh, the, you know, at the beginning of the season, at the end of September, I thought these are not going to finish anywhere near mm. the top four and they've been absolutely brilliant.
2: Who who beats Chelsea then?
1: Who beats Chelsea? You know what? I, I hate myself for saying this. I really hate myself for saying this, but I'm still on the Arsenal bandwagon. I think they've got an easy January and if they can mm. get their act together, they can go into February. They can go to Stamford Bridge on the 2nd of February in a position to get themselves back on top of the table.
2: Don't quite have your faith, I have to say. <laughs> Chelsea, I suppose you know, a nominal target is to equal Manchester United's record uh, of winning margin 18.16 yeah. years ago. That's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. But are they nailed on, in your view? Uh, not
0: quite nailed on, but starting to get there. Um, they want There's enough good teams that the gap will still be relatively close, but you know they've, they've got enough already and they're playing so well. I, I think it's going to be a reasonable winning margin.
2: It's a yes from me as well. Chelsea to be champions. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. Have a great Christmas.
1: The Living Room is where you make life's
2: most beautiful memories.